Hello, Hello Ernest. Ernest. Happy 2021. Yeah, well, that's kind of backwards. You have to be, well, you're, I guess you're, look, you're wishing people a happy new year. Yeah, I guess. Okay, the same to you. Happy okay. 2021. Well, greeting, yes, this is our uh, first episode in the new year after, I don't know, 30-some episodes. Mm-hmm. Right? 20, 25, 30-some episodes in the last year. Oh. <sighs> And we have not talked in three weeks, so it's been quite a while. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm doing better. Last time, yeah, there were some issues. I had uh, a friend going to a hospital. And the last, yeah, the last time we decided not to have stuff in Christmas because, you know, it's always... Yeah, yeah it was literally dramatic. on yeah, Christmas... Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, which, yeah, I was busy with. So I appreciated the break. Thank you. Did you, so you said it was traumatic for you? Uh, uh, no, it wasn't. But I did enjoy, you know, not having to call and, you know, because uh, 45 minutes call, have, it has things, you know, around it. Before that, after that, you have to prepare. So, you know, yeah. that takes like an hour and a half, essentially, right? Yeah, but I use the time to clear my head, do other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. All right, so last time we left with an epiphany where we realized mm-hmm. if you're working for the generations, then this isn't a startup, this is an art project. Yes. Have you thought and about I that agree. any since then? Yeah, but and and I decided to not only write about it, but also to the you know implement something that people can play with, and uh, especially young people. Well, it has to be it has to be okay. People like uh, older people that are retired, but are still are still curious. You know, the uh, tech mm-hmm. tech savvy people. So those people that you know they don't want to be bored. Maybe maybe there are people that are looking for jobs and they experience you know uh, ageism. So in 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 older people we have a vast uh, knowledge base. In younger people we have the uh, what's happening now. You know the kick uh, TikToks and things like that. You know so that model of of using a person's um, uh, brand. Right, uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's Sarah. What's her name? Yeah, the the comedians that come out of there, and all those, right, the influencers you know, is the general term for them. Yeah, like people who build exactly. a following on a on a particular medium and then figure out how to monetize it and build a a lifestyle or a business. Yeah. So if you, um, uh, yeah, a movement. You know, the the Greta. Greta Thunberg, you know, she's a total movement, and she is absolutely authentic and genuine, and she's not just changing business, she's changing, well, she's changing our, uh, the way we look at Earth and the environment and humanity and our future, because people think, ah, this, or, you know, businesses might think, uh, or, or use resources as if they were never-ending, right, and that's, mm-hmm. that's how it works, but you have to 
be more intelligent than that because essentially those resources will run out and then what do you do? Uh, mm -hmm. So she's helping us think uh, with our eyes in the future, on the future, not just uh, with what we see today. And that's the that's one main thing that she's done that is great. So that is foundational change in ideology and she's inspirational. So, you know, some people can embody a whole lot of attributes that, uh, um, you know, can help humanity if they can be used for good in the case of Greta and, and, and other people as well. Uh, but right, then so there's the, about, the bad, yeah. Sorry, I mean, uh, I don't want this to be a lecture well, on the influencer economy. I want to hear what you practically are doing. Well, well um, settling on a, a strategy to uh, help, you know, uh, what am I going to uh, uh, sow so that in the future, because this is, you know, not going to happen uh, in years. It will happen in generations because uh, people find it hard to imagine and and th those are most people most people are used to uh, capitalism and, and high work most people are used to like, like our devices right so we have thousand dollar phones that you know run software that somebody that an 18 year old wrote with no experience in writing software, therefore the the app the app you know crashes or does the right thing, you know. Uh, so companies uh, you know have QA teams and things like that, but sometimes it seems that they don't QA the entire thing. They QA their little components, um, but companies do very little systematic QA or comprehensive. Like, well, I'll, I'll go deeper than that. Is that the entire computer architecture stack is based on a really broken separation of concerns, mm -hmm. right? Is that we deliberately create these abstractions that we know are false. Like one instruction takes one clock cycle to execute, which is vastly untrue. And then we have all these games we play because basically every layer of the stack lies about what's going on. And then we play games mm -hmm. to try to figure out other people's lies. So that, uh, you know, this is the real bang against proprietary architectures, is that we have these interfaces, you know, x86, uh, ABI, ELF, you know, Mako, uh, Unix, POSIX, um, and all these interfaces are based on a series of lies, or at least, let's say more generally, broken abstraction. So when you're working at a single layer of the abstraction, you don't know all the lies that are going on underneath you. And so it is impossible, uh, you, you get to this weird state that I've discovered in my own systems that I build, where fixing one thing breaks something else because <laughs> there's all these hidden assumptions that come in there. And so like, it really is humanly impossible, you know, even in open source software where everything's theoretically open to actually, because uh, if you try to fix everything, you never get anything done because everything is always a little bit broken. Um, by design and that, you know, that's a long term project of mine is to like fix everything. But the point is, is that I, I think this is actually an important point that I think you need to tackle head on. Like 
capitalism has all sorts of perverse incentives. No question about it, right? So does pretty much everything else. <laughs> and so the question is, can you build something that is resilient against human perversity? Because if you say, well, if you, can you build something that is resilient against human perversity? Because mm. if you say, well, uh, you know, if you're a time as well, if I create this perfect world, then everyone will be nice and treat each other generously and give each other the benefit of the doubt and make rational decisions. It's like, and, and then my system will work great. It's like, okay, communism would work great if that was true. And given that uh, you have to deal with human beings as they are, you have to either, you, like I said, let me say, this is why I think this is more of a fictional narrative art project than a logical expository art project. You have to show that you understand something profound about human nature more deeply than Karl Marx and Adam Smith. And it may not seem that hard uh, because they had very seemingly very simplistic models of human nature. But the funny thing is they actually captured several very profound truths, which allowed the systems that built upon them to you know, function remarkably well for decades at a time. And you have to show that you have an insight into human nature and say, okay, I know people are like that in this context but we really can create a context where people will be different. And you have to come up with a convincing narrative that people, A, I mean, there's a couple of failure modes here. One is like Aldous Huxley. Yes, if we just genetically pre-program everyone and create a brave new world, then everyone will be perfect. It's like, okay, at least you're honest about what it would take. But most people look at it and say, I don't like that world, right? So you have to do, you have to create a world that people find compelling. Okay, mm -hmm. first of all, right? And secondly, they have to find it plausible. And both of those are really hard. Right? Yeah, because well, it's, you know, it's, it would depend and, on and, who and, the target is. No, it, no, right? the, 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 no, it's hard anyway, because you have so much competition. There are so many fantasy worlds out there. So many people selling so many different things and people are so bored and jaded. But yes, do, and the thing is, if you want to just capture a tiny niche, sure, okay? But if you're trying to actually make sustained impact, you have to make something that actually, and I'm not saying you have to do it right away, but I think that's, that's the goal. You have to create something that is compelling, where like a business usually, people say, wow, I don't know if it's possible, but it would be nice if the world worked that way. I see something that I really like, okay? But then secondly, you have to make it plausible. You have to say, okay, I can see that where, this is where you actually, you know, people say, well, okay, but, you know, I can see how normal human beings could live in a society like that without one bad actor tearing the whole thing down, you know, just on a whim, right? So it's never possible. And then the third thing, which is harder, and that you can leave for the next generation if you can pull off the first two, is to make it achievable. To say, how do we get here from there? Interestingly, um, there's a, my friend Neil Stevenson again wrote a book, Anathem, about an alternate Earth which is more highly evolved than ours. And he made a credible picture where the world still has all of its problems, has problems, but there's an interesting, they, they seem somehow more enlightened than we are, mm -hmm. and they resolve their problems. And he contrasts us with another world that's less evolved than ours, which is, has even worse problems. And like mm -hmm. this is that you have a progression that you can move forward. And it's like, okay, 
I can kind of see how a world like that with the right interventions here and there could have evolved that way. And that's kind of cool. They managed to pull that off. It's not perfect, but it's better than the one we have. And I can imagine how we might get, I can see, I mean, he, he said, this is not ours. This is a different, it has a different origin story. But with basically the same human beings with a different origin story, they ended up in a better place. And that's kind of the trick I think you need to be able to pull off is to say, okay, and it, it, it has, and there's a tension because the more compelling it is, uh, usually the less plausible it is. And frankly, I think you're struggling with compellingness right now. I mean, the world is full of boogie software is not a great rallying cry. Oh, no. Yeah, well, it, I need to pick a bunch of them, you know, a bunch of little stuff. Like no, I actually, I actually, I, actually, no, no, you don't. You need to pick one no. signature thing because but, you have to. And, and, the re, and the reason is for this is very simple. It could be wrong. And if you have a bunch of little things, and unless you get it magically right and everyone loves them the first time, you're going to have to iterate over and over and over again. Well, you have to say, okay, what is the way? Well, yes, you do it. But then that's if you don't learn anything, if you have 25 variables, do you vary all 25 of them? So I'm saying, like, figure out, like, this is the assignment, I would think, that, that would be most useful. It's, it's just don't worry about puzzle. Worry about compelling. In this world you want to create, what is the one thing that if people saw that, they say, wow, that, and, and it can be, you don't have to be a, like a single thing that exists now. You can say, well, if I take these three things that exist now and combine them with this fourth thing that exists, that doesn't exist, and I name it this, then that becomes a thing. And that thing is compelling, right? You just have to name it as one thing and say, but this is the thing. It's not because, I mean, you know Jeff Morris crossing the chasm, right? The, the, the new thing has to be three, five to times better than the old thing for people to take it seriously. If it's just 50% better, people will stick with the old thing because the switching costs are too high. But They'll when you say people, the, yeah, we, people in this case are the decision makers, the people with the well, money. Well, yeah, and those people, are gonna, those people are two generations ago, two generations ago, forget about them. Right. I'm talking about like, so you first of all, okay, then there's the other thing is who's your beachhead market? Who is I mean and I'll actually be more brutal than that. Pick one person. Could be me, could be somebody else. You say, this one person, I need to explain my idea to them where they would hear it and say, Wow, that's cool. Mm. And they would be willing to tell someone else. Because if you don't get that one person, nothing mm. else matters. If you cannot mm. show an idea to one person, and have them willing to tell somebody else, then you're screwed. I mean, you keep trying different people until you find one person, but you have to find at least mm -hmm. one person. And if you talk to 10 people yeah. and none of them like the idea, you're probably better off finding a new idea. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, we've been doing this for two years. I love you. I love your heart. I have no clue whether you're actually doing anything interesting. Mm -hmm. Right? Or whether you just have a bundle of grievances. Um, that, that that's true, uh, and, and, so, and I want to solve them so, all. I want to solve the power. Yes. You know, even though. But, but, yeah, uh, sure, sure. You can solve the right. You want to solve them all, but okay. Let me put it this way: if you don't know, you don't. You want all of us to work with you to solve them all. You don't want to have to sit there by yourself, toiling in obscurity and isolation to solve them all on your own, right? Mm. Yeah, on my own is is possible. Yeah, right. So you want to. 
yeah, you want to find something bigger. Uh, so, and the point is, is that like, and this is the problem, right? If, if the world was just you, you know, if you just wanted to create a world in your own image, you could write, you know, a virtual game world of software and populate it with human beings the way you like. But if you're dealing with actual mm -hmm. human beings, then you have to wind up. And I'm not saying that you have to do this right away, but this is the thing you have to do first: is figure out how to articulate your idea in a way that there is something that is compelling. That yeah, I that can, you can show that to somebody, uh, and they would say, "Ah, okay, that's what you meant. That would be cool if you could pull it off." And yeah, then. And, and, and uh, here's another word to think about, a point of leverage. Like, I want to fix everything in the world, too, right? I mean, I see a lot of fallen and brokenness in the world. I have perhaps a uh, more optimistic view of how, uh, 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 or perhaps a greater respect for how, how impressively the sim system we have functioned at all, given how broken it is. But I am not under any illusions about how badly broken it is. Um, I'm just more pessimistic about uh, that a lot of the proposed fixes could make things worse. I'm more cynical that way. Um, but regardless, um, the, the thing that I keep asking myself is, what is the point of leverage? Right? Because if we change everything, then because in some sense, we just move the same problem back. Is that, okay, you're not trying to get money for funding. You're not trying to build a product. But you are trying to build a vision, and you're trying to build a community. Right? Mm -hmm. Am I right that you're trying to build a vision and build a community? Is that a fair statement? Uh, yes. Uh, and, I, uh, and I want it to be uh, to, to, to last. Like to be transferable. Well, yeah, first, 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 yeah, that would be nice too. Yeah, right. Yeah, but first you have to build. Okay, you have to build a vision, build a community, and then you have to make it sustainable in some sense. Mm -hmm. um, but the okay, so just like we used to talk about product market fit, we have to start thinking about vision community fit. Mm -hmm. Right. That. Yeah. The. Um, and that's the, and, <laughs> and just like that, we have to start with the minimum viable vision. Okay. And usually the way this works is the reverse. First, you write down everything in a big sprawling thing, which you've done a few times before on branch of that. And then you say, okay, is anything in this compelling? Well, this is a little bit, that's a little bit, that's a little bit. Okay. Draft two, focus on those things that are a little bit compelling, try to make them more compelling, pull in other things. Mm -hmm. And that's how we iterate toward the minimum viable vision. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is not the product, but the vision, because the product is more like, a, is it Feasible? Is it economical? Efficient? Are we going to have profit? Right, but, That's but, the, uh, the right. normal one. But yeah, when it comes right. to the idea, it's like yeah, this is this is a essay or a video or a tweet mm -hmm. or whatever, right? But it's a thing that you can show to another human being, and the and the mark of success is they look and say, "Huh, that's cool." Okay, that's the first step. 
uh, getting there is, is a milestone, or that would be cool. And then the second step is that that's cool. This other person over here might really like that, right? There's the one threshold where people are willing to uh, uh, like your 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 artifact, and then there's another level where they're willing to share it, right? But that's the thing that you need to move toward. People have to like it and they have to share it. Then you, at that point, you, you know, and then it's a question of, and then, you know, I guess the third thing, you always press me things is subscribe. If people say, I would like to hear more from you. Right? That's the, I guess, the third level. And once you get to that point, then you have a community and then you can iterate with them. Before then, you're searching for market community, vision community fit and you're just hunting for them. Hunting for your community and hunting for your vision. Yeah, because uh, in, I've uh, learned about several people that, you know, think the same, and they have proposals and things, but, you know, we we still don't hear about them. Um, right, yeah, that's the thing. And the other was, thing is that, frankly, yeah. And the other thing is that, like, everyone who's already got an idea, that the hard part about this is that you are in competition, right? There are mm. people who, like, hate capitalism, and they're all Marxists, and they're impossible to talk to <laughs> because they've got their doctrine and their religion that they're happy with, and they're not going to abandon it. And so you have to find somebody where what you're pitching is, you know, five to ten times better than what they currently have for them. You could target the young, you could target the old, you could target me, whatever, but you got to have something for somebody. Yeah, to bounce ideas on and to get uh, feedback. Well, but, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, but someone who actually like, yeah, yeah but, you know, you, and you have to, you have to create something that people can get behind. It's like, okay, if you're going to do that, then, you know, I could see how that would be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's just, you know, writing fiction that entertains people, which is a hard enough skill, um, mm. you know, or writing essays that stimulate people, right? Uh, you know, one of the things that I would do is, when I learned a new uh, discipline or an industry is I would go onto Twitter and just start following people uh, who are, you know, uh, heavily invested in Twitter and in that topic. And then I would try to, uh, interject myself into the conversation and try to get that point of resonance where I'm saying things that um, they find, you know, that they like or that they share or reply to, right? And then that is a sign that uh, I have gained traction within that community and or created a, and then, you know, uh, the next step is when you, when you actually get people cross-talking, right? So that then it's actually then your community of people who know you and know each other rather than just a, a random collection of people you know. That's right? community rather than an audience. Yes, yes. <sighs> All right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Any questions or qualms yeah. or does that feel like the right way to move forward? Uh, Oh yeah, and and talking about that idea of uh, thinking like a billionaire, right? I yeah. want this 
this uh, instead of me, you know, you have to think that way to kind of, you know, you know, be successful in our current environment. But I want to take it out of the person, like yeah, be a billionaire, but as a community, you know, so they can and do it not just for the money, right? Do it because the money is what helps you to interface with other entities that do not have to not share your, your ideals, your values, but that they right. have hey, hey, their hey, yeah. Right, yeah. and this is the thing we talked about before. Sorry. But I think the, the point about thinking like a billionaire rather than a millionaire. A millionaire or someone yeah. gets like, you know, $100 million, they just care about the money. But a billionaire mm. owns a massive problem that has not been properly understood. That's what it takes to be a billionaire. They own, own the problem. problem that it's, they own. They, they take ownership of the problem that has not mm. been understood. It's like, like you know, the, the problem of how do you know who real people are on the internet was a massive problem, mm -hmm. and a lot of people had technical solutions. Uh, Zuckerberg found a social solution to mm -hmm. that, and. That was uh, critical, you know, for the internet and for him, right? Even you can't escape it. <laughs> and so the <laughs> idea of um, what do we, um, so the, you know, it has to be a massive problem and, and it has to be something that, and this is important, something that people, um, I mean, if you want to be a billionaire, it has to be something that is um, um, what's the right word for this, where there is a um, uh, a pain point. I think is the right word here. Right? There, there has to be something that is not just a mild irritation. So, what's the the line is, uh, that that some people have? Like uh, that was uh, Bob Iger's quote from his mentor was. Don't make, don't try to sell trombone oil, because even if you're the world's best trombone oil maker, there's hardly any trombones, and there's not that many trombones, and they don't always need to be oiled, <clears throat> right? And so finding the things that are, um, um, and this is part of just you know getting people's attention, right? They yelled. We yelled Bernie to customer service. I thought they were calling me. Uh, Bernie. The, uh, Bernie. Yeah. Um, so the so I think you need to really um, you know the, the the bigger the problem and the more dramatic the solution, the easier it is to break through. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. An example. Uh huh. An example could be identity. Uh, I think a lot of companies will tell you, oh, we saw the problem. No, nobody has solved the problem of identity. Well, like I said, like, you, you, like, so that's, that's right. But then you have to, again, you have to show, A, that you have a compelling solution that is dramatically better at the problems people actually care about, not what they should care about, uh -huh. but what they do care about, right? And then secondly, you have to mm -hmm. show that it's, uh, you know, if you're gonna, you have to show that it's plausible. 
is that there's actually, you know, because what you find is that everything involves trade-offs, and usually people have a reason for the trade-offs they've made now. And new technology mm -hmm. can change the, the where the trade-offs are, but you know, you have to show an understanding of this. And you know, so, and the point is, is like identity. If, if, if people think it's a solved problem, you know, the name, then you're fighting an uphill battle, right? Because you have to be five to ten times better than the incumbent. If you come up with a new thing, or a thing that is um, and here's the important thing. Your target audience should feel some level of frustration, strong frustration with the current solution, even if it's not mm -hmm. right? If they're not feeling any frustration, then I have to read past the title. But it's like, oh, yeah, that really bugs me too. I want to read that. You know, that's the sort yeah. of thing that, that um, what it means to think like a billionaire is you have to think not about what you want to say, but what they want to hear and need to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, the elimination of bureaucracy. And it's, it's, you know, uh, yeah, like if you could actually, if you could actually come up with a, a world without bureaucracy, you know, that would be compelling. Everyone hates bureaucracy and no one knows a, uh, I can't even imagine uh, what alternatives would be other than, of course, you know, dictatorship by fiat or machines, uh, which is not what I would consider an improvement. So that would be an interesting one. You know, if you could do something like that, or you could create an essay or a fictional world without bureaucracy, that would be something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very good points. Right. All right, mm -hmm. so here's the, the next question. Mm -hmm. This feels like either an ending or a beginning. Because like we started this talking about my technology company and your desire to dethrone Facebook and you know try to find investors and things like that. And we kind of come you know in a different direction, which is that like this is really an art project. So two options, both of which I'm open to. One is we say, you know, hey, this was really useful. Now you have an assignment and stuff to work on. Go to it, send me something, and we just you know, talk over the documents in the concrete proposal. And this is the end of, or the end of the season of the, the tourist podcast. Or you say, you know, um, it's actually helpful to have this. And there's some ideas and things we want to keep iterating on. Let's make this season three and focus on that. And either one could work, uh, but I think it's worth at least time to take a pause and say, you know, what does it make sense to do? Okay. So uh, we would talk on the next season about uh, a few big ideas and well, no, see whether would, they're no, feasible. Would, or... No, I mean, yeah, it would be to basically say, okay, this next this becomes the director's track to whatever artifacts you produce, right? This is like, okay, the goal of this is for you to start writing out visions and shopping them around to a community. And that's what you need to be doing. That's the work. And, um, you know, if it would help you to talk about the work, then it can make sense to make that our season three is the running commentary while you're creating that. Uh, if that's going to be a distraction from the work, then, you know, maybe you should just you put a bow in it here and you just go off and work and you just send me documents and you write drafts and we just talk about the drafts. 
directly more as a writer's club rather than as a podcast. Or, in fact, we could do it both. We could just say uh, for season three, uh, in order to earn an episode, you have to write something and send it to me to discuss, and then we schedule a call to talk about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is good. I'm also taking an MBA uh, course, by the way. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. My job, I have uh, this, and then I have have, the MBA thing. Do you have a full-time job now? Hmm? Part-time? Full-time or part-time? It's, uh, well, they're flexible, but uh, I will try to make it, you know, full-time. You know, I want to end, you know, sooner rather than later. So, yeah. So how about this? How about we call this the, 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 sorry, the last episode of season two? And kind of put a bow on it, and then let's wait and see what happens. You know, uh, in terms of what time you have, what uh, how much writing you get done, um, and um, you know, we exchange chats and email until we figure out what happens next. Yeah, yeah, this is very interesting. Get um, put my work behind my words. Yeah. Well, I think that is, that's probably the, uh, I think that's a good um, um, trigger is that the, the, you know, watches being flaky. about that in the store finishing up stuff on the call so yeah i think that's a that's a good challenge is uh to, to earn a podcast episode you need to actually write something doesn't matter how crude mm-hmm. how long how short it could just be a tweet uh, really preferably not yeah, a, whole... yeah. <laughs> yeah right. seriously it's harder yeah, to write a tweet than it is to write an essay actually yeah yeah i know if you, yeah. if you could fit your vision into a 288 character tweet i would be so impressed yeah. So it's easier to write yeah, well, something long that's... and then later write something mm-hmm. short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I do all the time. All right. Yeah. But, but, oh, nice. oh, yeah. I think the, um, I'd like to make it a rule that you have to actually do it public, but that might be too harsh. It has to at least be, a, I guess, even a Google Doc draft. At least for the first one, I'll let you get by with the draft. What's the rule, What's the rule again? Uh, I want, I want, I'm tempted to make a rule that you have to actually publish something, not just write it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I do. I publish on Medium. So I, I'm trying to make it, even though I, I'm not entirely behind. It's just like Facebook. Uh, I need. Yeah, but, but yes, you know, Medium I, is at least less I, obnoxious than Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I hate is that you know if you read articles. Uh, they make you uh, if you read like three or more than three, you have to, you have to become a member or something. Um, yeah, that's what I don't like. But uh, it's okay, you know. It's, yeah, it's, uh, if yeah, it's annoying, but it's not really right. Yeah, yeah. You have to have computers to run and go to the sign. Yeah, 
stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everybody, buddy. All right. Yeah, I really. Okay, well, it has been a fantastic season. It's been a fantastic collaboration. I still have high hopes for you, and I look forward to seeing something actually happen in season three. Yeah. Great challenge. Great motivator, you know, motivator. All, All right. right. So I'm going to cancel the recurring call and we catch our breath for a bit and then um, and we'll see you online. Yep. See ya. Okay. God bless you. Happy New Year. You too. Thank you, Ernest. The Bye. same here. Happy New Year. Bye.